0: Welcome to our show. Calm is hot. Short for communication is hot. I'm your host, Jade. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Storytelling is a huge part of how humankind has communicated for centuries. And it's played a crucial role in my development, growth, successes, and magical connections on my journey of life. I believe each of us has a story to share my goal is to create space for underrepresented voices to be able to do so and improve our communication skills so we may be the best versions of ourselves and exist in harmony make sure you stay tuned weekly for new episodes by yours truly and with guests stay in touch on instagram at com underscore is underscore hot details in the show notes below lastly All content is intended for educational purposes only. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Calm is Hot. I have a really exciting topic for you. In our previous episode, I had a guest, Leo Weiss, who is an adult entertainer, speak on Asian Heteromasculine Representation in the Adult Entertainment Industry. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, feel free to go give that a listen and then come back to this episode. In this episode, I'll be discussing communication and sex. I still giggle even as an adult when I talk about sex, I still feel almost like a teenager who is somewhat awkward communicating about it, I think that's okay. In fact, it is okay to still feel some of these feelings. Many of us grew up with sex being a very taboo topic, something that we were meant to feel guilty or shame about, which we'll get into later. But if I giggle here and there or get a little awkward, I have my own reasons for this. Now, the reason I wanna communicate with you all about this is because I've been working with people for years and years and years who genuinely are anxious, afraid of, and simply don't know how to communicate about sex. It is, it's a part of life. It's a part of life for a lot of people. In various different ways. I understand some people have sex as a high priority in their relationships and in their life, in their re- relationships, even with just themselves. And I understand that there's an entire spectrum of sex drive, libido, et cetera. Having those differences can absolutely impact a relationship if someone's desire for it and priority for is a lot higher than maybe the other people in their relationship so it's important that we acknowledge sex as a reality of life regardless of our age I think we shouldn't limit these conversations to only 18 and over adults I think people start feeling things within their body at a younger age than 18 I certainly did. I was feeling things when I was like 10, 11, and I didn't know what was going on with my body. I didn't know it was changing, didn't know about hormones, et cetera. So I'm a huge advocate for communication about topics like this to help people feel more empowered, confident, and less guilty about what's going on with our bodies and how we can exist in relationships with our own bodies and with other people's bodies. In this specific way. Now, growing up in the United States, I know many of us know that U.S. culture loves to sexualize and objectify femininity, specifically hyperfemininity, and our our culture just loves to make everything taboo, etc. As long as people, specifically femmes, are not owning it, so. There's this really, really problematic experience that I have felt that I know many femmes have felt for their entire lives, especially cis femmes who still identify as cis femmes, who are meant to feel guilty for just being sexual beings. So there's a lot of negative stigma around sex, sexuality and sex itself. It comes from a huge place of sexism within our culture. And I've spoken to people from cultures from other parts of the world. And I'm not going to speak for billions of people all over, but I've learned that there are some similarities that sexism is a global problem, but I'm going to stick to focusing on the U.S. because that's where I live, et cetera. I also want to give a shout out to people who are working to further education about this topic. If you have not yet heard Dr. Tara, you got to go check her out. I just discovered her podcast. It's called Love Bites by Dr. Tara. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S. Oh my gosh. She is so intelligent, so fun. You will have your mind just blown at the amount of research and information she brings into each episode and I've been educating about sex forever and I'm very excited to listen to her podcasts so thank you for doing that work moving forward now into the hot topic of sex what are our motivations for it why do people want to have sex why does it why is it even a thing i believe human connection, intimacy. It's a form of expression. It's a form of communication. It's a tool we can use to communicate with each other. I feel like it's also a way that we can communicate with our own body. It doesn't always have to be about sex with other people. It can absolutely be about sex with ourselves and how we communicate with ourselves. It's also okay for it to just be about feeling pleasure, for you to have the motivation and the incentive of just wanting to feel pleasure. That's okay. It's also a release of stress for a lot of people. Sometimes we do it out of boredom. I'm sure many of us know through COVID, pandemic times, you might have been masturbating a little more often than you used to. I think it's also a beautiful opportunity for us to explore life, explore our bodies in different and new ways, and even sometimes have an adrenaline rush by trying new things, maybe even taking risks, maybe pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone to try a toy or try something we might not normally try. And I think for many of us, that can also just be a fun way that we can communicate with our body and with other people's bodies consensually. Each of us has different motivations for why we do this. And it's a really important factor in how we communicate about it, our motivations. Now, I'm not gonna make this episode about slamming religion, but I think a lot of socially constructed traditional religious ideologies from many religions, ultimately suggest sex is meant to happen between a man and a woman to procreate and repopulate the world. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is absolutely just false. And I think that people who have anal sex, oral sex, no matter where body fluids go. Maybe there's no penetration at all. I don't care what kind of sex you're having. I think sex is so much more expansive and beautiful than just hetero cis man, hetero cis woman, penis vagina, missionary position sex for the purpose of procreating. I think it's a lot more than that. Can we expand on that? Are we okay with that? I'd really like for us to be okay with expanding from that. Because my goodness, that is not the only type of sex happening. Okay, let's move forward to desires. So we know people have different motivations. And that's okay. It's also okay if you want to get pregnant and have a family and do all the heteronormative stuff totally support you. Have fun. Do you. I also want us to consider desires. What is it that each of us desires out of a sexual experience, either with our own body or with other folks, other people, or maybe one person. If you're like, ah, just only one person for the rest of my life. Go, you go, little rock star. Can't relate. Maybe you have desires for things like cuddling, lots of affection. Maybe you have a desire to experience foreplay. Maybe the desire around this is intellectual stimulation. Maybe you're like, yeah, talk nerdy to me. Maybe it's that you want to have a fantasy. Stimulation or erotic arousal from ideas or imagining things or role-playing, whatever it may be, or maybe it's none of these at all. Some of us have no desire to be sexual. We have no motivation to be sexual. We have no motivation to have sex. And that is okay. I have spent several years going without sex. It wasn't my priority in life. I lived a very happy, fulfilling life without it. And I want to be clear here that I am someone who educates about sex and communication. I'm someone who does think about sex. I have to think about it. I teach about it and I communicate about it. But it doesn't necessarily mean anything else other than that. And I think that's a huge misconception about people who work in sex education. I also think there's a huge misconception that everyone wants to have sex or that everyone is always sexual. I'm being transparent about my personal experiences because I want us to know where I'm coming from. I've also been in relationships with people for Years that had zero sex involved. Maybe some foreplay or some flirty verbal communication at most. No penetrative sex. And that doesn't really change the dynamic of the relationship that I experienced. It was an extremely fulfilling relationship. Both of us were very content... Not prioritizing sex. And I think it's also important acknowledging that for all of the folks who may hear this, who might feel like, wait, is there something wrong with me? Like, I'm not constantly craving sex or wanting sex, and my partners are, or my partner is. And is there something wrong with me? No, no, not at all. You can absolutely have a fulfilling relationship with yourself and with other people without prioritizing sex. I think I got that point across. So I'm going to move forward into sex with ourselves. Now, admittedly, I do have sex with myself. I love to have sex with myself when I'm stressed, when I need a serotonin release, when I feel like I just want to feel good and I want to feel good about my body and being in a relationship with my body. And being that I am transgender, I have had a lot of different cycles and stages of feelings towards my body, feelings of comfort with my body. And I'm now in a place where I'm like, you know what, let's just do this. Let's just feel good. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks is going on. I just want to feel good and I deserve to feel good. And I want to tell you that you also deserve to feel good. You may absolutely want to have a desire to have a good relationship with your body, where you are comfortable in your body, touching your body, exploring your body, feeling your body, and really getting in tune with your body and that being okay. Some questions you might wanna ask yourself to gauge your level of comfort with your body is, do I feel okay touching myself with the intention of feeling pleasure? How comfortable are you touching your body with intention of feeling pleasure? How can I heal to have a better relationship with my body? Is there something that I can do to help improve my relationship with my body. I think most of my audience are probably at a time in our life where we've had some lived experiences and some of us may have some healing to do. Come to a place of being at peace, at comfort and feeling safe again, feeling vulnerable, feeling okay with that vulnerability. When we explore and touch our bodies? Do I know what techniques and what things cause me to feel increased arousal? A lot of us feel nervous about experimenting or exploring new ways to have orgasms with ourselves or to just feel pleasure, to explore pleasure with our own body. I wanna invite you to truly believe that it is okay to explore and feel confident about certain things that may help you feel more aroused. And then of course, the biggest question, are you comfortable having orgasms? I've spoken with many people who feel uncomfortable for a variety of reasons. And some of these include religious guilt, guilt and shame that stems from childhood. And one of the biggest reasons I think it should be okay for us to communicate about sex and about the human body as it being just a literal human body that goes through hormonal changes I think it should be okay to communicate with people about scientific facts, quite literally, to help mitigate so many instances of this guilt that people carry from childhood about wanting to masturbate or about wanting to explore their body or physical pleasure, even with just themselves I've spoken with tons of people who carry this guilt and this shame into their adulthood. They feel uncomfortable masturbating. They feel guilt or shame about it. They feel gross and icky. And my question is, how are we supposed to have enjoyable sexual experiences with other people if we can't even have an enjoyable experience with ourselves? That makes me feel really nervous for people who enter relationships where sexual experiences will be a part of that relationship and we haven't got to a place yet where we feel comfortable with ourselves first. Another barrier could be cultural upbringing. Maybe masturbation was never talked about. It was never encouraged. It was never, you were never in a safe environment to ask questions about it or you felt, again, shame, guilt, et cetera, my biggest goal in communicating about sex and masturbation and the relationship with our bodies is that we can potentially view masturbation, love with ourself, physical touch, orgasmic love with our own body as an opportunity that is magical, Where we can connect with our body in a deeper way without anyone else's energy impacting that experience. And that, friends, is what I am truly all about. I want us to all be able to have fun, first and foremost, without anyone else. Anyone else we allow and consent to being a part of a sexual experience should consider themselves lucky. Because we should first and foremost have that good, healthy relationship with our own body. So how can we improve this? Obviously, a lot of us do not have a good, healthy relationship with our body for so many different reasons. The list goes on and on and on. Fat phobia, issues regarding gender, sexism, transphobia, internalized misogyny, slut shaming religion, racism, the list goes on and on, my friends. So how can we begin to improve this? Well, I think that by communicating about it, we take some of the taboo out. We mitigate some of that taboo that people feel internally and are too afraid to bring up, to communicate about. I think everyone should have the option to try it if they want and not feel guilty about it. We should feel more comfortable talking about this part of our life so that we reduce negative stigma about it. Imagine if you're in a conversation with someone you know and trust, and you both share that you're looking for new stimulating ways to masturbate, and your friend goes, Oh, try that. And you're like, Oh, yeah, I'll try that. That's the type of friendship I want. That to me, is a healthy friendship where neither of us feel guilty about masturbation being a part of our lives. We don't feel shame about it. It just is a part of our lives and it's okay for us to communicate about it. Of course, I'm not trying to tell everyone that you have to have friendships like this or that you have to communicate about it. This is for those of us who, like myself, might want to have these opportunities be available. So please know my intention is not to like have the entire world running around talking about masturbation, although I think that would be a pretty chill world to live in. Imagine you're communicating with a new intimate partner and you comfortably share what you enjoy doing with yourself so it helps improve how they interact with you and your body. It feels like It would just be helpful. I feel like communication is a good thing. We must talk about consent, friends. When anyone else is involved, we wanna communicate consent. I don't care who's involved, how many people are involved. I don't care where you met, how you met, whatever. Consent is a must and not just a simple yes. But my hope for each of us is that we feel at least enthusiastic about this yes. That we are absolutely certain this is what we wanna do and we wanna proceed. And if anyone is feeling like it's a questionable yes, then that should be read as a no, something to think about. I also wanna call attention to Leo our former guest, who mentioned how consent can be sexy. He says, word for word, you can make it sexy. You can do something by leaning in, whispering in someone's ear, does this feel good? Are you enjoying it? I think that is an amazing example of how you can communicate checking in with someone. Just because we say yes once, it doesn't mean Yes to everything, to the whole experience. At any point, you can say no. You can change the course of that experience, and you absolutely have that right too. For myself, I had an experience where butt naked in a hot tub with someone else who was butt naked, and we were making out. I was 18 and living like a pretty wild life. We're making out naked in the hot tub, and I'm like, "You know what? I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do this. And that individual kind of gently pushed me away and said, "We're not going to do anything then. like we that we absolutely don't have to do anything. And I moved away from them, and I thought to myself, "Oh, my gosh, this is what, every sexual experience should be like. Everyone should have a moment where they can feel comfortable enough to say no, or let's pause, let's stop, I'm not ready, whatever it may be, and that should be respected. Now, I don't wanna put the ownership on us to say no or stop. The ownership should also be on everybody involved in the party. There should be check-ins, We should check in with each other. We should create space where it's safe enough for us to communicate a boundary, which leads us to our next topic, which is communicating boundaries. It may be harder for us to do this if we haven't really explored our own bodies, which is why I firmly believe in making love with yourself before anyone else. I think that it can be really tricky. Managing boundaries within yourself because of all of the internalized things that exist, guilt, shame, layers of all of the ways society has conditioned us to believe, uh, religion even, has conditioned us to believe we need to put out. There's a lot of stigma for certain bodies where there's an expectation that part of your value and self-worth comes from your sexuality and having sex. And while I truly feel like sexual experiences with yourself or with and or with others can be empowering, I do not feel like they are the only way that we can gain a sense of power in life. Now, this is coming from someone who's also a former sex worker, someone who holds a sexually and gender-related marginalized identity where For many years of my life, I felt like my sexuality was the main place I found my power and I could feel empowered. I feel like that's a beautiful thing and that's perfectly okay, but I certainly don't want anyone to feel like that's their only option. Maybe I'll do another episode on that. Let me know. Should I? I don't know. Communicating boundaries. You are allowed to say, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. You are allowed to say, here's what I'm okay doing. Here's what I am not okay doing. Here are the things that I feel comfortable doing. Here are the things I do not feel comfortable with. You absolutely have a right to establishing boundaries and communicating them. Again, I want to echo back to enthusiastic consent. If someone is pushing your boundaries, someone is not respecting them, and you sense at all in your gut, you get that gut feeling like your boundaries are being pushed. I'm going to invite you to move away from that situation. I'm also going to invite people who are pushy with boundaries to back the fuck off. Now discuss healthy and effective communication with set. One of the things I suggest my students try or explore doing is sprinkling in flirting in conversations with people. I think Flirtation is its own field of research and communication studies. It is a beautiful dance. It's a performance that we engage in. Flirtation is a magical opportunity for us to express ourselves. And really, there's any potential outcome from it. Friendship, sexual encounter, maybe just fun, maybe your own personal arousal, whatever flirting is fun. Try it. Play with it. You can also try communicating directly. A lot of us feel very uncomfortable communicating directly about our sexual wants, desires, motivations, our needs, our boundaries, and consent. But I want to encourage us all to know it is your right to communicate as direct as you want about all of these things. I also want us to know and believe that our sexual interests and desires are valid, whatever they may be, as long as you're not harming anyone or yourself. Communicate honestly and at a pace where you're comfortable. My next tip for us is very popular with my students. I ask that we communicate honestly and at a pace each of us are comfortable with. None of us should move at an accelerated pace with our own body. We should move at a pace we feel comfortable with. We should also figure out how to move at a pace with other with other people's bodies. And with other people, you have every right to provide space, to communicate your anxieties and concerns with sexual partners 100% of the time. My entire life, I grew up being told that if I got sexually involved with anyone, I would contract HIV and I would die. I was told this repeatedly since I was 16 years old. For years, I was told this. And that created a ton of internalized anxiety. I also felt anxiety about my body. I also felt anxiety about someone else touching me. I also felt anxiety about being naked with someone else. And I'm coming from a privileged perspective of being white and thin. So you can imagine in a society that favors a body like mine, that privileges a body like mine, and I'm having anxiety about this, We know for certain that a lot of people, especially marginalized bodies, are dealing with anxieties and insecurities and issues for so many valid reasons. And each of us, in our own right, deserves to give ourselves compassion and space to communicate about our anxieties and concerns. I really cannot stress this enough. Next I want us to move away from fear of taking things slow. I think that hookup culture, casual sex culture, situationships, just vibing with someone, whatever you want to call it, there is zero pressure for you to be like everyone else. Now, I know that there is external pressure from literally everywhere friends, media, everything. But I want to remind you, you, Get to move at your own pace. The next thing I'd love to discuss is how sex is meant to be enjoyable. This is a way we can frame sex as an experience that is meant to be enjoyable. You have every right to enjoy sex, each of us does. Part of this is checking in and communicating about everyone's experience Was it good? What could we do differently next time? Or maybe you ask yourself, what could I do differently next time with my own body? Don't be afraid to giggle about it. Find humor in it. Find the fun. A lot of us have broken, damaged, traumatized inner childs that are reeked with guilt and shame for whatever reason. You can use humor to work through some of that trauma. That's why I put Don't be afraid to giggle about it. That's how I deal with it. Our bodies are natural and things happen. We fart during sex. People get distracted. I have ADD. My mind wanders. People get soft. People are not porn stars 24-7. Even porn stars have some of these issues occur. And one of the most I think dangerous things that happens with us is that we view porn and while porn is a beautiful, wonderful, can be, as we've heard from Leo, it can be a perfectly consensual, beautiful experience between people, but it is also very much so filmed to be a specific performance. And sex in an everyday life is not always like that. It's not always edited. It's not always filmed in these specific ways. Real life sex and people are unpredictable. Recognize that, acknowledge it, know it's okay. So overall, here are my takeaways for us. I hope each of us feels comfortable knowing it's okay to explore a sexual relationship with our body. I hope each of us feels that we are deserving of enjoying sexual encounters with anyone else we've given consent to and who have also given consent to us. I hope each of us explores our body unapologetically and finds moments or hours, if you're into edging, of bliss. Until next time, stay sexy, slutty, horny, naughty, or none of the above, whatever you want. It's your body. Take care.